2: This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Monday the 31st of January. I'm Christian Smith.
0: And I'm Emily Wither.
2: A surprise victory for Portugal's Socialist Party. as the far right gain ground?
1: No way there, absolute.
2: An absolute majority doesn't mean absolute power. It doesn't mean to govern alone. It is an added responsibility –
0: And a pregnant New Zealand journalist turns to the Taliban for help after COVID-19 restrictions prevent her going home. It, It kind of shows you that there really is no pathway for a pregnant New Zealand woman abroad right now to get home. Times of London, Daily World Briefing.
2: We start today in Portugal, where the Governing Socialist Party has won a surprise majority in a snap general election held on Sunday. The win sees Prime Minister Antonio Costa return for a third term, with 117 seats in Parliament despite polls projecting that the party wouldn't return an absolute majority. Costa had called the election in November after his minority government had lost the support of its two supporting parties and failed to pass a budget. But he said that despite the majority, he still hoped to work together with other parties across Parliament. An absolute majority doesn't mean absolute power. It doesn't mean to govern alone. It is an added responsibility. And it means to govern with and for all Portuguese. So this majority will be a majority of dialogue with all the political parties in Parliament and all Portuguese. The socialists' celebrations would have been tempered, however, as the far-right Chega Party became the third-largest for the first time, winning 12 seats. Here's Chega Party leader André Ventura. This is a big, big, big night. Chega promised and delivered. We are the third political party in Portugal,
1: the third party in Portugal.
2: The gains are the most significant for the far-right in Portugal since 1974, when a revolution ended a fascist-style dictatorship that had run the country since the 1930s. Winning one seat in 2019, Chagher has ended the belief that Portugal's previous dictatorship left no appetite for far-right political support. Its increase reflects similar far-right trends across Europe, as candidates like Eric Zemmour in France and Spain's Vox Party look to make an impact.
0: Alexander Nash, deceased. Danny McCoyne, deceased. This year marks the 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. And in Derry, Northern Ireland, there was a memorial service where hundreds marched at the weekend. Fourteen people were shot and killed by British troops on Sunday, January 30th, 1972, as soldiers from the elite parachute regiment opened fire on unarmed Catholic civil rights protesters in the Bogside Nationalist area of Derry. It was one of the defining days of the Northern Irish Troubles, a 30-year-long era of sectarian violence. The shootings remain a fraught issue. Ireland's Prime Minister, Michael Martin, called on Britain for justice, saying that the full process of the courts and justice should be deployed. In 2010, the UK Prime Minister, David Cameron, offered an apology for the events of Bloody Sunday. Glenn Doherty's father, Patrick, was the 12th person to be shot by the British paramilitary and spoke to Times Radio about what the 2010 apology meant.
1: We had to fight tooth and nail to get a proper investigation. In the Bloody Sunday, in a normal society, you would expect the, the, the forces of law and order to, to conduct, conduct uh, an investigation and whatever else um, comes after it. But the fact that the families for, for 50 years had to actually fight to get an acknowledgement that there was a wrong done, uh, or sorry, 40 years, they actually get an acknowledgement that, that there was a wrong done. Um, when David Cameron stood up on the 15th of June, 2010, uh, the words, I think, that most Uh, if not all the family members wanted to hear was unjustified and unjustifiable.
0: Despite Cameron's apology, none of those responsible for the shootings have been convicted. Last July, British prosecutors announced that the only British soldier charged with murder will not face trial. On the way, the Canadian Prime Minister is forced to flee as anti-vaxxers protest in Ottawa. And a pregnant journalist turns to the Taliban for help being locked out of her homeland.
2: Times of London Daily World Briefing We move to Brazil now, where landslides and flooding in Sao Paulo state and the country's southeast have killed at least 18, including seven children. Some 500 families were also left homeless across the state, and five people are known to be missing. Sao Paulo Governor João Doria flew over the flooded areas on Sunday and said he had authorized $2.79 million of emergency aid for the affected cities. Heavy rains have triggered deadly floods in northeast Brazil since December, threatening to delay harvests in the Midwest and briefly forcing the suspension of mining operations in the state of Minas Gerais. <laughs>
0: To Canada, where an anti-vax protest over the weekend has forced the Prime Minister and his family to leave their home. Thousands gathered in Canada's capital city, Ottawa, on Saturday to protest vaccine mandates imposed by Liberal Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who fled his home due to security concerns. Hundreds returned to the capital for a second protest on Sunday, with dozens blocking streets with their trucks. Some have said they will not leave until the mandate is lifted. Two weeks ago, a new mandate was imposed for the trucking industry, under which unvaccinated Canadian truckers returning from the U.S. must test and quarantine. In Alberta, truckers set up a blockade to jam traffic at the U.S. border, causing the crossings to come to a standstill. Former U.S. President Donald Trump has weighed in, calling the protesters brave and the mandates lawless at a rally in Texas over the weekend.
2: A pregnant journalist has turned to the Taliban for help after being locked out of her native New Zealand. Charlotte Ballas, a former reporter for Al Jazeera, was forced to leave Qatar, where it's illegal to be unmarried and pregnant. New Zealand has some of the strictest COVID-19 quarantine border rules in the world, and Ballas had her application for an emergency place in hotel quarantine rejected. After visiting Europe on a tourist visa, she told Times Radio that the only other place she had a right to be and work was her former base of Afghanistan.
0: Before we came in, I thought it would be prudent. I mean, I'm coming in with a bump um, and we're not married. Just to raise it with some contacts I had here about, you know, what do you think? Um, This is the situation. And my contacts, um, I've known them for a few years as a journalist. um, and, And they said, you know, we're really happy for you. Congratulations and, you know, um, you'll be safe here. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, you're know foreigners,
1: that's, that's between you guys.
2: The decision to refuse her entry to New Zealand has raised eyebrows around the world, with many other New Zealanders also denied entry despite desperate circumstances. After her initial rejection, the New Zealand government has since told her to reapply. Ballas told Times Radio that it felt surreal that it had got to this point.
0: It's very frustrating and it it kind of shows you that there really is no pathway for a pregnant New Zealand woman abroad right now to get home. You know, if, if if I can't meet the threshold for needing medical treatment, then who can? The Times Daily World Briefing, sport.
2: And now with the latest on the Australian Open
1: and the Africa Cup of Nations, here's Kane Reeves. Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic have congratulated their rival Rafa Nadal after the Spaniard overtook the pair to win his 21st Grand Slam title on Sunday. Nadal described his victory against Daniel Medvedev in the Australian Open final as the best comeback of his career. It's after he recovered from two sets down for victory over the Russian top seed. Last year, Nadal feared his career was over. It was because of a foot injury. Chronic pain in his left foot restricted him to only one tournament in the final seven months of 2021. Sunday's win was Nadal's second at the Australian Open. It came 13 years after his first. And the semi-final lineup for the Africa Cup of Nations was completed yesterday. Mo Salah scored one and set up another in Egypt's 2-1 win over Morocco. They will now play host Cameroon on Thursday. Senegal beat Equatorial Guinea 3-1 to set up a last four meeting with Burkina Faso on Wednesday night.
0: The Times Daily World Briefing Entertainment Joni Mitchell, another Canadian singer-songwriter, has joined Neil Young in removing their music from the streaming service Spotify, saying that it has allowed the airing of misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines. Earlier this month, a letter signed by 270 scientists and medical professionals urged Spotify to take action against Joe Rogan, saying his podcast spreads falsehoods. Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan, who produce and host podcasts for the platform, have asked Spotify to ensure changes are made to help address this public health crisis, but said they will continue to work with them. CEO of Spotify, Daniel Eck, said new warnings will be added to any podcast discussing the pandemic, redirecting users to a data hub of coronavirus facts.
2: And finally, a breakthrough treatment for breast cancer may be within the breast itself.
0: A study led by researchers from the Wellcome MRC Cambridge Stem Cell Institute and the Department of Pharmacology at the University of Cambridge found cells in human milk once thought to be dead or dying are in fact very much alive.
2: The researchers have been investigating these cells donated by breastfeeding women, giving them a non-invasive way to do more study on women's health in the future.
0: This new discovery, identifying changes that take place during lactation, may help scientists identify early signs of cancer. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday, the 31st of January.
1: This podcast from the Times of London is brought to you in partnership with
2: Google Podcasts.